Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my esteemed colleague, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric Delala. Phil, no, uh, no Broncos game yesterday, but we're still here. It feels like the Broncos game against the Colts was forever ago. Luckily. But we've got a lot to talk about with this Broncos team, even some news here on this Monday as we're coming to you live from Breckenridge Brewery's farmhouse. We're really, we're really trying to make it a farm home. We're trying to make it a farm home. I think we've done a good job we've, doing we've that. We've done a nice job. We're here every Monday from 5.30 to about 6.15, uh, really the start of Monday Night Football. That's when we like to just fade away. That's, we know our place. Yeah, exactly. Especially tonight, the uh, uh, Raiders and Chiefs, a big AFC West matchup on Monday Night Football. But we're here to talk about the Broncos. Uh, if you don't live in the Denver metro area or can't come out, join us on the Broncos' official YouTube page. <laughs> That's right. We're live there. It's an interactive show, Phil. Taking this, questions, comments. Yeah. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Leave a comment. Uh, ben Swanson, he's here. He's here. Amanda Gerlach is here. Ben Swanson, he, he's pushing buttons. He doesn't know what they do, but he's, he's he, pushing them. He, well, we wouldn't be on the air if it wasn't for Ben Swanson. So, you that's, know, tr that's true. He's sort of the uh, mastermind behind the whole operation, if you ask me. Anyway, leave us uh, a, a question, a comment, and we'll respond to it. Erica, let's just get the ball rolling here, talking about the Broncos' injury problems. Will they have enough players to field the team next week? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is bad. It's not quite that bad. But the Broncos, uh, number one in the NFL right now, Phil, in terms of salary cap on injured reserve. Uh, of course, the latest injuries, Garrett Bowles done for the year, Ronald Darby done for the year, even Jacob Bobenmoyer, the long snapper. Phil, that's how bad it was. The long snapper got hurt. He's on IR. He's done for at least four weeks. The Broncos are at a place where their depth is being tested. Uh, Josie Jewell, week to week. But... Uh, and, and, you know, so maybe the biggest thing, not, not on IR, but Russell Wilson reportedly undergoing a procedure on his shoulder. He, sounds like he's going to keep playing, but yet to be seen how effective he can be. That, in my mind, is the biggest thing that's going to determine can the Broncos rebound, can they respawn this season, is how healthy is Russ, and is he able to do what he needs to do? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's always like a, a, a thing that you deal with over the course of the season, but it does seem like this thing is mounting. It's, it's getting a... Uh, almost out of control here for the Broncos. We thought that it was bad heading into that Thursday game. We sat here, and I think we talked about it. We were like, hopefully there's no injuries this Thursday. Boom. I mean, just a couple of just season-ending big-time injuries. Randy Gregory heading to IR. I mean, these are like uh, these are big-time players that aren't going to be available the rest of the season for the Broncos. Yeah, and, you know, you're going to get some of these guys back at some point. Justin Simmons eligible to return this week. Uh, Greg Dulcich has not played this year. He's eligible to return. We'll see what they do there. Um, Josie Jewell, obviously not done for the year. Randy Gregory's supposed to be back at some point. But your depth is being tested. And luckily for the Broncos, the guys who have had to step in so far, Phil, I think have responded well. Damari Mathis has shown that he's capable opposite Ronald Darby. Calvin Anderson obviously worked with the starters a lot. We assume he's the guy who's going to replace Garrett Bowles. And so you have capable backups, but... It's once you get past those guys that now the depth isn't there that if a, you know, Alex Singleton filled in well for Josie Jewell, but if another guy goes down, now you're really, you're, you're scraping the barrel a little bit. And uh, the Broncos, they've got to find a way to get wins. They've got to get wins now. 
And so you've got to find a way to weather the storm somehow, no matter no matter who's available to play. Yeah, it sort of seems like uh, when it rains, it pours, you know, and the Broncos were already dealing with all these injuries. Add this onto it. Two losses in five days, Eric. I mean, it's uh, right now it's a little bit of a perfect storm for this Broncos team. But you heard Russell Wilson after the game say, hey, he's a winner. Uh, he's gone through a lot of adversity in his career. The Broncos will uh, find a way to get through this thing. Uh, let's get to a couple questions here. Uh, Nate Walker says, should we be giving Russ some slack here just because of his injury? Russ uh, obviously uh, said that that loss was on him. He took a lot of the blame after the game of the Colts against the Colts. Uh, should we be giving him any slack? Well, he, he hasn't asked for it, Phil. He came out there after the loss and said, this one's on me. That was my fault. I take responsibility. Said he cannot throw those two interceptions that he threw against the Colts. Um, I think what you do need to do if you're if you're the coaching staff maybe is that if this injury is, and listen, Nathaniel Hackett has not spoken since this came out. Russell Wilson has not spoken since this came out. Ahead of the game, Russ said, I have no limitations. And at that point, he was dealing with this injury, reportedly. Um, well, he was on the injury report going into the Colts game. Right, and he, and he said he expected no limitations with that injury. Yeah, and then after the game, he talked about how he battled to get it, get ready for the game. Yep. So some of the, you put the, some of those together. It sounded like he was dealing with a little something. He's dealing with something, but he, but he has said it. He said before the game it was not going to impact how he played. We haven't again spoken to him since this happened. Uh, but I think if you're the Broncos and this is a significant injury, you've got to protect him from himself a little bit in terms of the plays you call. Maybe it's getting the ball out a little faster, um, protecting him from taking some of these hits. Maybe it's, I don't know, taking fewer downfield shots or timing things up better so you know when you're going to attack these defenses. Um, and then, of course, Nathaniel Hackett said it, Russ has said it, the run game has to get going because that's the best way to protect him, to set up play action, to set up some easy throws, some easy points, Phil. You've got to get the run game going. And so all of those things, as the Broncos get ready for a Chargers team that they just escaped with a win, Phil, as they get ready for that team, these are all things that I'm sure are at the front of the Broncos' mind. Yeah, and I mean Russell Wilson doesn't want any slack. I mean he's right. he's uh, you know he's one of the top quarterbacks in this league. He doesn't get slack. You know you expect him to just go out there and perform like he's capable of. And you know there's this sort of thought that if you're out there, that means you're you're good to be able to play. You know so uh, if his shoulder was bothering him where he couldn't make throws that he needs to be able to for this team to win, then he shouldn't be out there. So if he is out there, that means he's good to go. That means that he doesn't get any slack. And and he owned up to it. He, he Like you mentioned, he took uh, blame for the loss. He That's what leaders do, you know what I mean? They, they put it on their own shoulders. I thought Russ did a nice job of that. That was a really uh, some human moments there after the game where he's just talking about, hey, uh, I got to be better. And I, the fact of the matter is he does need to be better. The, those kind of the things at the end of the game there, we're so used to seeing Russ just make those plays and boom, uh, it had been the Seahawks off to a victory, uh, it just didn't happen on Thursday night against the Colts. Yeah, and listen, the Broncos are making different parts of the Broncos team are making mistakes at the wrong time. I yeah. mean, Russell played about as good as you can play against the Raiders, particularly in the first half, and obviously he got beaten up a little bit during that game, and the defense doesn't come through. Against the Colts, the defense plays out of their minds. They play great, and Russell doesn't play to the standard that you expect. The receivers, again, have drops that need to be corrected. That That's becoming a little bit of a recurring theme. The Broncos, again, aren't able to run the ball. And so 
unfortunately for Denver right now, it seems like you fix one hole in the ship, you plug one leak, and so another one springs. And so the Broncos have to find a way to get that right. Um, I think there is reason to believe that as well as this defense is playing, Phil, and if you look at you know regular numbers, advanced numbers, this, this defense is as good as there is in the league, certainly a top five unit. And if the offense could just get to the point where you know, they're moving the ball okay. They had four red zone trips against the Colts. If you can get to the point where they're just scoring points at an, at an average rate instead of a below average rate, this team is going to start winning some football games. And so you have the sense that it could, it could get there soon. But at this point, Phil, you just have to see it. Enough, enough, talk, about, happen now. enough talk about being close. You've got to see it. And you're right. It does need to happen now because the Broncos are uh, they're on the edge here. Uh, I want to talk about the red zone in just a, a second here, but we've got a couple questions about the offensive line. Uh, Jamie Bruce says, we got to protect Russ. And then uh, Marcus Huser says, we need the offensive line to be better. What do, first of all, what do we think this offensive line is going to look like? You mentioned Calvin Anderson stepping in for uh, Garrett Bowles, but across the rest of the line, where do we stand with injuries? And then also, is it possible for this line as a group to get better at this point? Well, I mean, I think part of the reason they've struggled is there have been a lot of injuries. And Quinn Miners goes out immediately. You've played Cam Fleming there at right tackle the whole year. Who is, he's done a nice job, but that was, he was not your intended starter at right tackle. Uh, Dalton Reisner missed a little bit of time. Obviously, he battled back to play in that Thursday night game. And now Garrett Bowles done for the season. I would expect, Phil, that maybe Calvin Anderson fills in there at left tackle. Him or Cam Fleming. Maybe uh, Billy Turner, who is active for the first time, is able to fill in at right tackle. Maybe but Quinn. Nathaniel Hackett said that he was, was ready, to, ready go. to go, but they just didn't want to push it. He did not play a snap. Well, now you're, you're going to be six weeks into the season at this point. Maybe they're ready to see what he can do. Um, we'll have to see Quinn Miners. It seemed like re-aggravated that hamstring. If he could be back, that would be a big boost to the line because – one area where the line has struggled, Phil, is that right side, particularly trying to pick up stunts. You have an outside defensive end, start outside and then loop inside. You're passing the, you know, that inside defensive tackle from the guard to the tackle, and the Broncos just haven't been able to pick that up. Max Crosby got a sack that way. The Colts got a sack that way on Thursday. And so I don't know if, if Quinn Miners is able to come back. Maybe Billy Turner's a guy who's played some guards, so maybe you, maybe you really look to shake things up and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to just push this around and see what's the best starting five here. But the Broncos have to find a way to get that fixed in the middle of their line, um, or else you're right, or in this commenter's right, they're not going to find much success. Yeah, and Russ has been taking some shots. I think he got sacked four times the other night. Uh, he can't be taking that many sacks. I think he's on pace to break his record for most sacks in a season uh, for his career. Um, and, if so you, and if you say, I think. Anything goes. Anything could be true. Anything goes. So maybe Ben Swanson going to look that up. But I believe that that is correct, that he is on pace for the most sacks uh, in his career. But, Eric, you know, when I look around the league, the best teams, the coaches are putting their players in the best position to succeed. And Nathaniel Hackett's talked about that. Look, his job is to be able to have the scheme match the personnel and the Broncos have changed their scheme on the offensive line here. And one of the things that they like to do that they haven't done as much in the past is get these offensive linemen moving. They like to get them downfield uh, onto that second level, get them up onto linebackers a lot, get them pulling, get them just going down the field. 
And uh, when you look at it, they've struggled in some of those areas where you think there's potential for a big play, but it just doesn't work because some of these guys, they're just not, uh, they're being asked to do things that aren't, aren't best suited for them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've seen it work in certain situations, and I think the thing that this scheme does is it relies on your athleticism based on your pure size. And there's some positions where the Broncos along the offensive line, maybe they're not like the, the strong, they're not going to overpower certain guys on the defensive front. And so this gives you a chance schematically to out-scheme those guys, to find a way to have success. And so uh, I don't know if I think that this – like that this, notion? I don't know if I, I think that this scheme doesn't fit these guys. We, we actually heard a lot, some of these players said, I, I think this actually works better for what I want to do in training camp. Now, you've got to see it go to the field, and you've got to see it happen consistently, and you've got to see uh, some of it too, Phil. There's been times where the running backs have not hit the, the hole properly, or you've had a one-man breakdown, and so it's hard to say that the scheme doesn't work when you've got one, one, a one-man breakdown that, that ruins the play. Well, I just sort of think that, like, uh, anytime you change the scheme, it takes some time for the personnel to match up with it perfectly. Sure. That's why you see teams that have had a lot of stability at the coaching position, the scheme matches the personnel. Well, I, I, that's not quite where the Broncos are. And, you know, of course, the players themselves are going to be like, I fit perfectly for this. But I, I just don't think that the – I haven't seen it consistently out there. And I don't want to blame everything on the offensive line. It takes a whole 11 out there to work as a unit. I mean, there, there's been plays throughout the season where the offensive line's blocked great. Yeah. And the t a tight end's missed a block and the yeah. play's been ruined. Or a wide receiver's not engaging with the corner or the safety and there's a tackle for loss. I mean, it's, it's easy to – I'm not saying you're doing this, but it's easy from a fan perspective to just say, oh, the offensive line's no good. That's simplifying it and, that, and that's uh, – not necessarily accurate. It's um, all got to work together, obviously. Yes, and there's and been changes with the running back. When the running back changes, that changes the timing of things. The, I mean, just it, it's got to work together, and it's not doing that right well, now. Well, and you talk about consistency. Listen, there's a reason teams try not to change head coaches every year. Yeah. And George Payton, but, when they went through this hiring process, said one of the big things that needs to change is that we've got to find stability with a head coach because you'll never find success if you're changing no. your scheme every year. If you're, like you said, if you cannot draft personnel to fit that scheme, because you're right, none of these starting five offensive linemen were drafted for this scheme. And Billy Correct. Turner is the only one who was, you know, selected with this scheme in mind, and we haven't seen him play yet. And so... Uh, you could just look at it this way. If the Broncos were really confident in that offensive line, when it's fourth and inches at the game on the line, that's a no-brainer. But instead, it's like, okay, well, what do we want to do here? You're not fully confident that they'll be able to get that push and get the, get the yardage necessary there to, to extend the drive. So, And that kind of gets to what I was going to talk about with the red zone in general was just sort of when you get down there, Eric, do you feel like this Broncos team has some bread and butter plays that – they run to perfection and that it doesn't matter what the defense is doing. This team is going to be able to execute these plays. Uh, they don't really necessarily have a couple of those plays that are in the back pocket for these, these moments. They don't necessarily have that. Was that a question or a statement? Because you kind of you you asked, that you asked it, it and then you said they don't. They, so I'll, I'll just I, let you I stick with that. I haven't seen it. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> I think what they're, I think they're, identity down there is evolving that they're trying to find a way yeah. 
to run the football more consistently, but you're going to have to throw the ball down there too. And I, you of know, course. I didn't hate the, you know, Nathaniel Hackett has obviously caught a lot of flack early in the season. The play call on that fourth and one, you talk about not running the football, it was open. Yeah, of course it was. No, no, no. But it, I'm saying if you knew, hey, we're going to get this, so it's no-brainer, then it's a no-brainer. Yeah, if you knew you were going to convert every play, you would, you'd probably be pretty good. You score a lot of points. You look like the Buffalo Bills. Score a lot of points. No, the red zone it needs to be figured out, and, it, and it's kind of bizarre what's happening down there, to be quite honest, because it's not like the Broncos are just inept for the entire game offensively. They're finding ways to hit big plays. You know, they're, they're finding opportunities to get down there. Even in overtime, they hit the big play to Jerry Judy. Yeah. It gets a big run. You, you know, they... play to Melvin Gordon, play to Jerry Judy. Boom, you're inside the 20 just like that. Yeah, fast. And then it's just bogging down. But, you know, the Broncos had that stretch there. They went three of four in the red zone. And you thought, okay, they're figuring things out. And then f- for whatever reason, it's almost like they slow down a little bit down there. You know, Tightens up. Yeah, and, and so they've got to figure that out because they're not scoring the points that are that go with how they're performing offensively. Yeah. And, and it's just not it's not working right now. And so when you look at like the final box score, the stats, they don't match up with the points. Right. And listen, you've just had the last eleven days, or you will have had eleven days between the Colts game and this Chargers game on Monday night to figure out what's going on, what's not working. What is working? And Nathaniel Hackett made that point, too. Just because a play doesn't work doesn't mean you throw it away because you could have a one-man breakdown. You could have a misassignment somewhere. And you don't want to just get rid of things for the sake of getting rid of them. But they've got to figure something out to get this going because, as Nathaniel Hackett said, you're wasting a really impressive defensive team right now. And if the Broncos could just score 20 points a game, I mean, even against the Colts, heck, if they could have just scored 10 points – that would have been enough. Yeah. And, uh, even Nathaniel Hackett on last Friday, the day after the game, he said that he tends to second-guess some of the things that he's doing just because he wants it to be perfect down there, you know. And it's part of his uh, makeup that he sort of second-guesses. Was that the right thing? Was that the right thing? This thing is a learning experience. I think that uh, as the season comes along, they'll start to get their identity down there. But I do think that when you're in the red zone – you really need a couple of plays that you know, look, when we do this, we're getting a yard. When we do this, this guy gets open every time. So, like, you just need that identity, Eric. I think you need some bread and butter. Yeah. You know, like, uh, say you want you got some company coming over for dinner, and uh, you're like, oh, gosh, what are we going to make for dinner? Like, uh, this is an important meal. You got to have some of those recipes in your back pocket that you're like, this is going to work every time. I thought you were going to say just serve some bread and butter. No. Well, you got to have nice bread and butter. Yeah. But you also got to have a couple of recipes that you're like, boom, executed, perfect, perfect to perfection every time. What you got there? Uh, we should mention that we are coming to you live from Breckenridge Brewery's farmhouse. Making it a farm home. We're making it a farm home. Uh, we're here every Monday from 530 to about 615. Come on out and join us. We're in Littleton off of Santa Fe and Brewery Lane. That's right. Where is that? It's in the Denver metro area. It is. And what are, what's the cross streets? Brewery Lane. And Santa Fe. And Santa Fe. And Santa Fe, yeah. If you can't come out and join us in person, watch us on the Broncos official YouTube page, leave a comment, and we'll get to some of those. They're really positive tonight. We got some fun ones. Uh, Ellie Kinney. 
No. You know who that is? She's a member of the Broncos family. That is true. She says, NZ Nation, let's ride. Thank you, uh, Ellie. Uh, and she also mentions that uh, Ben and Amanda, you're doing great. Keep it up. That's nice. Sure we that. should mention that. Uh, it's really just speculation. Right off camera here are Ben Swanson and Amanda Gerlach. Yep. Doing a great job making sure this show gets on the air. Uh, Allison, 1820. How did you two spend your weekend off? Do you want to start? I'm sure you did something fun. Uh, Eric, uh, what did I do? Um, I played a little golf. Yeah. Uh, and I watched some football. How'd you play? Uh, it Mid- had been, it had been a while. It had been a while, like uh, 72. training camp and then the season, you know. Yeah. It's hard to get out there consistently. That's true. So I don't play as often as you do, Eric. I didn't even play golf this weekend. Are you sure? I'm sure. Wow. So that's impressive that you did. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was hitting it okay, but uh, around the greens, you know. It's, yeah, uh, that's tough. That's where your inconsistency pops up. Yep. It's kind of like the red zone of golf. <laughs> it is like that. You know? And when you don't play all the time. And you were 0 for 4. <laughs> yeah, it was. 0 for 18. Like it wasn't pretty down there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then I watched some football. I watched some games yesterday. The ones that were on in the Denver market were not very good games. Not good games. Uh, we got. Uh, you, Buff- have your, you have your six TVs, Pittsburgh of course. And Buffalo. Set that up. was Buffalo. They look good. Pretty good. They look good. So, uh, how did you spend your weekend? I did a lot of gardening. Oh, really? Yeah. Some tomato beds. You have some tomato beds? Yeah. What kind of tomatoes? <laughs> what kind of variety? Roma. Roma? Yeah, to oh. honor my Italian heritage. That's nice. Yeah. Anything else? I aerated my lawn. Really? A little late in the season, this but still. A, well, no, I was going to say this is a good time. Yeah. Get those nutrients in there. A little overseeding. Get some nutrients yeah, the, in there. Yeah. yeah. So that way, say, uh, come typical. the springtime, it's going to look really nice. It's going to look really, really nice. Your neighbors are going to be jealous. They're going to be happy. Oh. Happy for me, I think. Oh, not jealous. No, like, I think, look at Eric. Good for him. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Uh, some good grass seed you found. Yeah. For this climate. I can't. Uh, I can't. Of course, no. can't advertise. No. But. Uh, Allison, eighteen twenty. Which of you two is better at golf? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. That's a good question. Uh, you play three times a week or so. Gosh, I wish. Well, well no, with your, that, that's with your, to make your country club with, membership with worth your, it. You got to get out there. Yeah, with your size and I can really hit it off yeah. the tee. Yeah, I get some one nice, and a half times the normal man's driving yeah, distance. Exactly. So yeah. you're the average person. I'm about one and a half times that. Yeah, I'd say you're better. And uh, Daniel Jorge Plaza, come on, Broncos! Greetings from Francisco Madero, Buenos Aires, Argentina. Nice. It's really, uh, we say NZ Nation a lot, but it's really NZ World. That's true. That's especially true coming up with this London trip. Yeah. NZ World is going to You pumped? Me. I'm very excited, Eric. It's going to be a great trip for the Broncos here. Let's get to uh, a couple of uh, other questions here. Uh, Nate Walker also commenting, any way the Broncos can take a look at trading for the hometown guy, Christian McCaffrey? Oh. Of course, uh, the big NFL news today Matt Rule out as uh, Panthers head coach. Some speculation that they might be in rebuilding mode there in Charlotte. Reboot? No, no, this one's a rebuild. Got it. Is what, uh, so maybe a guy like Christian McCaffrey, he might be available. That's sort of uh, some speculation out there. Our, can, he, can we bring him home, Eric? Our condolences first to Ben Swanson. It's, it's a tough day. It is a tough day for all Charlotte natives. Yes. He just had a little tear running down his cheek. Yeah. 
All morning. Yeah. All afternoon. All afternoon. Uh, I don't see that happening, Phil. The Broncos don't have the draft capital, first of all. Um, And I I just don't know if investing in a running back is what you want to do, unless you're right right on the verge of winning a Super Bowl, and that's the missing piece. Like, there's been some rumors, I think, the Bills might be interested. If they feel like that gets them over the hump, go for it. But the Broncos – Christian McCaffrey is not going to make the difference for the Broncos between getting in the playoffs or not, and they they can't get him anyway. So, sorry, yeah. I feel bad. It would be nice to bring him back home, but uh, maybe eventually. Because I think the natural thought process is, hey, the Broncos lose Javante Williams for the season. Christian McCaffrey, another running back, uh, is available out there. You don't even want to see Easy. how you don't even want to see how Latavius Murray does. I want to see Latavius. Maybe with Christian, but of course, uh, you got to give up something to get something. To get something, and after the uh, trade for Russell Wilson, the Broncos don't really have that draft capital, which a team in rebuild would be looking for. Not reboot. Not reboot. No. Uh, Metambali says you started without me? Question mark. <laughs> uh, sorry, I think, it's, I think it's starting to be a Metambali problem. Everybody else is Come figuring on. it out. We're all here in Metambali. Everybody What's else going is on? figuring it out. Yeah, and then he says, Ben gets emotional, question mark. Of course he does. When he's painting, it comes through right off the canvas. You can feel the emotion. So it makes a good artist. Yeah. He really, uh, an inanimate object becomes so, there's uh, life characteristics that come out when he paints with so much emotion. Did Van Gogh have a blue period or was that Picasso? I'm not really great with the art history. I believe that's Van Gogh. Yeah. Fact check. Uh, Picasso did not have a blue period, I don't think. Ben Swanson's in his own blue period. Guernica? That's Picasso. Beautiful. I know exactly Emo- what you're talking about. Emotional. You do feel emotional when you see Guernica. Okay. Oh, Picasso did have a blue period. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> if you say it with a lot of conviction, <laughs> it sounds good, doesn't it? I was ready to just accept it. I'm hearing that it's Picasso. Yeah. But so I have superior art knowledge and football knowledge. In your dreams. Uh, Metambali, yeah, I was walking the dog. I got priorities. Ooh. What? Bring your phone with you. Yeah. What type of dog does Metambali have? Uh, yeah, what kind of dog is in Metambali? What's your guess? Prove it. Uh, he's probably like a lab, like maybe mm. a black lab. What do you think? Cocker Spaniel. You really? Yeah. A small, small old guy. Yeah, you've got a small little guy, right? I got a cockapoo. Yeah, close. I, I adopted a cockapoo. What kind of dog do you have? Of a golden retriever, Phil. Adopted? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Metambali says it's a boxer. Oh, nice. That fits. That fits. My family had a boxer nice. growing up. Yeah. It's a fun fact. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's another question here. Sly Sanders. Sly. Sylvester, maybe. Ooh. That's a great name. When will Russ and the receivers finally connect? When will they find? You know, we talk about chemistry here and this thing growing. It's five games in now, Eric. Uh, is that enough? I mean, it, we said last week it has to be enough. It's got to. They've got to figure it out, some way, somehow. Um, Cortland Sutton has done his part, I think, for the most part. But somebody else, whether it's Jerry Judy, consistently, and Jerry Judy's made plays. Don't get me wrong, but. For, you know, play in, play out. He's got to find a way to make an impact. Broncos signed Kendall Hinton to their active roster. 
Greg Dulcich, maybe he comes back this week. I know he's not a wide receiver, but gives you a chance to add a threat in the passing game. The Broncos have to have consistent weapons that a defense looks at, Phil, and says, how do we stop this guy? Because right now, I think if you're a defense, your main point of concern is saying, let's stop the run and let's stop Cortland Sutton and just we'll live with whatever else happens. And those other guys have to take that personally and step up and find a way to, to like make MJ. things happen. Exactly. Just like MJ. Yeah. That's true. They just need to find – like you see sometimes like there's an option route, there's a miscommunication there, and then it looks like Russ just threw the ball to nobody. But really, they're just not on the same page there. Some of those plays, there's, there's opportunities there for a big play. They just got to get on the same page a little bit. As they work through some of these game situations, I think it will happen. Uh, but but the, it needs to happen. Those it two. needs to happen because as we talked about at the beginning of the year, you win some of these games, it gives you the chance to work through these problems with a little less urgency. Yeah, um, like stakes. we'd still be having the same kind of conversation of course. if the Broncos had beaten the Colts the way yeah. that game was going. Right, but you, know. you just would be 3-2 and two and things aren't as dire where you yeah. go to L.A. and now if you don't get a win, you fall to two games below 500. Uh. David Yunkin. Yunkin. Is that a new commenter? I think so. Simplify the offense like the movie The Blind Side. Like what mom said to the coach. Enough of the trick plays, Bart. Run the dang, run the dang ball. You do a nice southern accent. Can we hear it? I don't think you're ready for that. All right. Maybe, maybe after ready. one uh, more hop mountain. Oh, yeah. Run the dang ball. You got uh, exactly. Come on, Bert, run the dang ball. That's nice. I know you could pull that Wh- out. Whose was better? <laughs> Yours <laughs> was much better. Of course, you're from the south. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what do you think about simplifying the offense? Yeah, I, I mean, I think Nathaniel Hackett was asked that specific question and said they'll evaluate that, they'll look at it again. You don't want to get rid of things that are working, um, and you don't want to get th- rid of things that can work with just one or two tweaks because. The simpler your offense is to run, it's good for your players, but it also makes it easier on the defense. And it's clear that there are times where the Broncos' offense is is stretching a defense, it's challenging a defense. Guys are running open. You have these big plays. It's more of a, it's more about just doing it consistently. And so I don't think you want to get rid of things that you're doing well. And different formations are helping. Motions helping. Um, going to different places with the ball. I mean, we've we've seen some good things. This is. I mean, I know it's recency bias, and, and there's people expect more with Russ, so that's part of it. But even against the Colts, like some of the stuff you're watching, it's still better than a lot of yeah than what we've but, seen the past several years. But the the difference is you just expect more because of Russ's resume. I would, you know, like a lot of attention comes down to a couple of plays at the end of the game where you're like, oh. Let's just run the football and get this fourth down. And that notion of, like, let's be a little bit simpler, that comes into play there. But I would actually argue that some of the Broncos, the formations and the the way that they're lining up, it already is pretty simple right now, Eric. And sometimes when uh, they're in need of a little bit of a spark or something, I wouldn't mind actually a trick play once in a while there. Like you saw yesterday, uh, the Rams were really struggling to do much of anything. They ended up losing the game, but at least they faked a punt. They got a little bit of momentum after a play like that. I would say 
we, what game was it uh, uh, earlier in the season where we saw was it a Texans? We saw a few trick plays in that game. Yeah, I, I would say that. Look, if you have a couple of three and outs or something like that, and you're behind the chains, try something, you know, or at least disguise some of these formations pre-snap. Maybe wear costumes or something. Is that what you're looking for? Well, I would say, Eric, I, I, I hate to do shameless plugs on here, Eric. But okay. The Bron- That's not true. Uh, Broncos postgame live. We're live immediately after every game on all of the Broncos social media channels, including right here on Broncos' YouTube page. Okay. Yep. Just uh, let me know when you're done. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, we watch a lot of games with some of these former players. No Sean Moreno last week. Uh, Nick Ferguson, of course, always Todd Davis. They are telling me, hey, they got to disguise things a little bit better here on the offensive side while we're watching the game because, and especially these guys come from a defensive perspective, they're picking up on things. And uh, I would say that simplifying, not what the Broncos need. Is the sun in your eyes? No, it's nice. Oh, you like it? I do. You get some vitamin the future, D? The future's bright. <laughs> um Okay, a couple of more. A lot of comments rolling in. They're rolling in. Medambali, looks like Eric has a spotlight. He should break in the song. That's a good (laughs) idea. That's a really nice idea, actually. Uh, Allison1820, from golf to Picasso to gardening. I love the breadth of topics on this show. That's just what you can expect with. Here's an interesting one. This is from Josh C. Would a double tight end set be the answer in the beginning to help the protection issues? We've seen the Broncos do that a couple of times. Actually, we've seen them have three tight ends out there one time. Well, four. You do four or no? No. No, No, too many. Too many. Well, three? Yeah. The tight ends have to be able to execute then to make that work. And unfortunately, we've seen times this year where the Broncos tight ends have not been able to block proficiently. Um, Two tight end sets, I think, do a lot when you can run them effectively because you don't know if you're going to run the ball or pass the ball. But... If you have to throw the ball because you cannot block. I mean, think of, I believe, that Andrew Beck play against the Raiders where Crosby kind of oh, did yeah. a swim he move. He was supposed to chip him a little bit. I believe, just... that, I believe that was a two tight end set. Okay. I mean, that doesn't work in that situation unless you're able to execute the plan. Otherwise, you just look like you should have run a different play. Yeah. And so all of these are good ideas in, in, uh, you know, in principle. But the Broncos have to find ways, individual guys, to, to make their jobs happen and to all work in unison so that – because it doesn't matter if 10 guys do your job. It's one of those sports, Phil. You're a big Nuggets guy. I am. Let's hear this. Every, everybody else can be just kind of lollygagging. They can do whatever they want. If Jokic decides he's going to take over a basketball game, he, he just says, he he says get out of my way. And he then he walks it. up to the rim and he just drops it in. That's quite athletic. Yeah. He does that, and the Nuggets, they win. They get close to winning. The Broncos, you have to have all 11 guys working in unison. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Yeah. And so it's different than any other sport. And the Broncos just have had too many times this season where one phase of the ball or one player on that phase just aren't quite doing their jobs consistently. Or uh, was it last game that I think Reisner jumped and there was a false start and you go back from – from good field position. I mean, just those little things where you're like, man, just stay out of your own way a little bit, and I think the results would be better. Well, when we've heard Nathaniel Hackett talk about that a lot, just being in third and forever. Those things man, happen because of first and second down. There were, I believe, six or seven third downs of at least 12 yards 
and against the Colts. You believe this, so of course uh, you can't be wrong of in course, what you believe. Yep. Just like you believe that Van Gogh and Picasso are the same person. <laughs> I don't think that. You don't? I don't think that. Got it. The blue period. You brought it up. You like to bring things up that like you're just kind of sure about. Oh, well, you're the expert. I go to you. I try. I try here. Okay, what about uh, Marcus Huser? I think we need to hide our offensive plays better by lining up under center for both run and pass. It doesn't seem like we are, and it's making the offense a little bit predictable. It's interesting. The Nathaniel Hackett seems pretty consistent in his um, thought that, especially in the red zone, there are more benefits than not to going from the shotgun. Because if you're throwing the ball, it gives you better angles, and it gives you a better ability to read the defense. And if you're going to run the ball, you're still able to get some of these double teams that you need. And we've seen the Broncos have some success running it from the shotgun. What's interesting to me was that on the fourth and one there in overtime, the Broncos lined up under center. And then the Colts called timeout. They come back out in the shotgun. Then the Broncos called timeout. They were kind of looking to see what the defense was going to do. They come back out again in the shotgun, run the play. Obviously, we know it didn't work out. They were open, didn't work out. But that, I I think, for whatever reason, the Broncos don't seem entirely comfortable. And and certainly, I would guess, with his injury, makes it even less likely that they're going to get up there and run a quarterback sneak. But that is not something they've shown a proclivity to do. And so that's the whole year is going to be talked about, hey, why are you going under shotgun? Or in the shotgun, why are you going under center? And and that's just going to be something that is consistently talked about until the Broncos find a way to score consistently yeah. and listen, listen if you can do it both ways if you can score from the shotgun and score under center then it really makes things hard on a defense because you don't know what's coming if we're if we're under center we don't know that melvin gordon's running off the the left guard to try to get in the end zone you know they, they can do so many different things and so i think ideally you would be in the shotgun but you've got to prove that that works yeah i just know that like from a defender's point of view it seems like it's harder to see what's happening when you're under center you know, everything's a little bit more condensed. There's some big guys up there, and so you're not exactly sure where the ball is. And in that situation, if you take one false misstep, you might be out of position. So uh, I do think there's some benefits, but I also think that that's not what's determining the outcome of these games. No, I mean, so, the, the Chiefs, who are about to kick off Monday Night Football, they're in shotgun, they're in shotgun, all, the shotgun all the time in yeah. the red zone. Peyton Manning, shotgun in the red zone. It works all, okay. All the time, so... Uh, we would not be talking about shotgun versus under center if these plays were being executed. Right. So uh, just a little bit of better execution down there. I think that uh, we can stop talking about shotgun versus uh, under center here. Um, Sydney D'Souza. Souza. Almost like uh, the musician. Eric, you know a lot about that. I don't, and I'm willing to admit that, Phil. That's the difference between you and I. Is Russell hurting during the game? Do they go with Rippon? Like, say he's out there against the Chargers. At some point, are you like, hey, Russ, uh, it's not working out. we got to go to Rip. I, I think you got to trust Russ there. He's earned that over his, you know, 10 and almost a half seasons now. He's earned the right, I think, to say, I can go or I can't go. He's been incredibly tough during his career. Last year, I believe, was the first time he missed any games at all. And he came back after three or four missed games. He able and- to play through a finger injury. Yeah, I think he's earned the right that if he says I'm good to go, he's good, good to go. go. And you know, Brett Rippon, if he has to come in for injury reasons, I think the Broncos believe that he can 
you know, help guide this team. But Russ is your guy. You traded a lot for him. You obviously gave him that big contract. I know that everybody, or not everybody, but a lot of people are, are kind of jumping off the bandwagon. They're saying, what, you know, what happened? This isn't the guy we expected. The Broncos are not in that boat. They believe in no. Russell Wilson. And so as long as he says he can play, he's their quarterback, no question about it. It's, it reminds me so much of, like, before we're about to do a show, Eric, and, like, your hair isn't just right. Yep. And you're like, I don't think I'll be able to go today. And I was like, we need you. you got to be ready to go. You've never missed a show. Yeah. And you find the courage. And I say, and I, you get I, it say I can't do it. you got to have Ben Swanson do it. And then we're like, we, we uh, can't do it. it. Y'all do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you think about the alternatives, and you're like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. Uh, Brett Rippin, much more capable, of course. Of course. That's not a shot on Brett Rippin. No. No. Okay, uh, C. Thomas. Why do so many people think it only takes a few months? Give them time and faith. Being negative doesn't help that much. Phil, let me ask you this. In terms of taking time. Do you think it's a coincidence? I know where you're going. I like it. Uh, I'm driving onto the on-ramp, Phil. I'm about to merge, and I'm just going to let you put it in cruise control. And I like it. You know, you take it. You take the wheel. The Broncos. I'll do the pedals. You take the wheel. The the Broncos are two and three. They're heading to Los Angeles. A little bit different, but they're heading to play the Chargers. Southern, just say Southern California. Southern California. They're playing the Chargers on Monday Night Football. Keep going. Monday Night Football. They're two and three. They're two and three. That is the exact same scenario, same record, same road opponent, same time slot that they faced in 2012. What happened then? Phil, they Tell f- me. They fell down 24 to nothing. Maybe we skipped that part. That could be <laughs> nice. And then they rattled off 11 consecutive wins. Peyton Manning got it in a gear. This Broncos team, went. they rolled. They did not lose in the regular season again. No, and then they just went straight – to 2013. They didn't even play the postseason. No, they went straight to 2015 and won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. It's uh, just a little Eric. bit weird. I, I do think – I love to believe this, okay, but there are a few – there are a few little caveats to this, of course. That Broncos 2012 team removed the quarterback being Peyton Manning. Yep. The rest of that team had gone to the playoffs the year before with Tim Tebow. So, essentially, that was a playoff team already, and then you swapped Tim Tebow for Peyton Manning. The other thing was that Peyton Manning was coming Some people off, weren't happy about. Some people were not. The other thing is Peyton Manning was coming off of a year where he didn't play any football. So, the rust factor much higher for Peyton Manning in that situation. Rust factor or rust factor? I'll let the fans determine what I Got said. Got it. Yeah. Uh, but all that being said... It is kind of an eerie, eerie. situation here where it's so all lining up. If, and you're, of course, if you're a Broncos fan, you'd like to just maybe this is the, the symbol you need, have a little bit of faith, hope that things somehow turn around this weekend against the Chargers. And, of course, Eric, it is spooky season. It is. So. Your favorite season. <laughs> yeah. What are you dressing up as? I haven't, uh, I haven't decided yet. Yeah. Uh, the kid – Eric is going as a um, hungry caterpillar. Sid? No, my kid. Oh, got it. My Sorry. Kid. Hungry caterpillar. So oh, nice. uh, maybe I'll be one of the hungry things he or eats. very hungry. I think it's called very hungry caterpillar. I think very very, very hungry is important. Yeah. Eats a lot of different stuff if and you were, then turns into a butterfly. If you were okay. just a hungry caterpillar, you probably wouldn't go to the lengths that that caterpillar, that caterpillar went did. to. 
If you're very hungry, very hungry, it makes a lot more sense. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay, he went to great lengths to eat. Yeah. Okay, so maybe I'll be like a cupcake. I believe he eats a cupcake. Maybe I'll, I'll be like Is a piece true? of lettuce or something. That makes more sense. Okay. He ate a cupcake. He did. Yeah, and then In he the turns book? into a butterfly. He had a stomach a ache. beautiful butterfly. He had a stomach ache. Okay. Uh, we have only a few more minutes here, Eric. Oh, no. I know. It's very sad here. Um, August Brandt. Would be nice to see him throw deep to Hamler at least three to four times a game and then have Wilson also average about 50 yards rushing. <laughs> that would be nice. Did you leave a comment? That sounds like something I would say, huh? Three to four times deep shots. Let me, let me say fair. this. That's when, fair. If you are moving the ball, you know, part of the reasons why the Chiefs, for example, or the Bills, for example, take a lot of deep shots is that they have so many plays. And it's very easy for them that if, if on first and ten or second and four, you know, second and one, you always see teams take shots because if you don't get it, it's not that hard to pick up a third and one. So if the Broncos were in a position where, hey, you gain five yards on first down, it's second and five, let's take a shot down the field and then we'll try to get that third and five if it doesn't work out. When you're consistently facing, you know, first and ten and then second and 15, third and 12, you don't have plays. Like, there's no wiggle room there. Every play becomes yes. very valuable to just get a first down. And so if the Broncos can get things clicking a little bit, I think that then, you know, it's a little counterintuitive. You'd think, oh, well, plays to KJ would, would help us move the ball. But, no, you actually need to get things going first, and then you have more chances to take shots down the field. Some you have rhythm. More, a yeah, bit rhythm. Of rhythm. You have more chances to get Jerry Judy involved, to take a shot to Cortland Sutton down the field. You have these opportunities for the big chunk plays, once you have a little bit of rhythm offensively, if you don't have that and you just go up there and first and 10, you run for negative one yards, second and 10, incomplete, third and 10, let's just chuck it up to KJ Hamler to see what happens. That's a good way to go three and out. Exactly. And when you're a play caller, part of the fun is keeping the defense off balance. Yeah. And you do that with Hamler, but uh, you, you got to have the rhythm. Yeah, you got to have rhythm to be able against to Against the Raiders, the Broncos only had 53 plays or something like that. Yeah. You got to stay on the field a little bit here. Okay, Metambali says, "So you're saying there's a chance?" A chance of, of course, what? You know what movie that's from, right, Eric? Of course. Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Nice. And then uh, Allison 1080 says, "Do we think Eric was in high school in 2012?" <laughs> no. I Impossible. Think you just finished middle school. Elementary right? school. Elementary school. Yeah. yeah. How many grades did you skip again? Four. A lot. Four. I yeah. Think. I think four. Because uh, it's the same, the same number I skipped was the same number you did sixth grade, right? That's the number of times I repeated. Yeah, so yeah, that's how we remember that. And why did I have to repeat again? Well, they wanted you to teach the other children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Felt bad for some of the other kids. You know, I'm a team player. It was kind of a, a tricky situation because, from a size perspective, they should have just pushed you forward a lot of grades, but from a, a teaching perspective they were like we need phil here to help mature you know mature. Well, you're a friendly really giant yeah yeah exactly okay the last one uh, got the itch i don't i don't make it up ben swanson sends them that sounds serious okay does eric obviously with an a did they spell it correctly yeah does he get upset when people spell his name Eric. 
I'm not sure why people would do that, but... Why would they do that? I don't know. Of course, at uh, Eric Dalal, that's your Twitter handle. Non-traditional spelling. With an A. Yeah, with, with an A. That's right. Do you get upset when you... No, I mean, that's just... You learn to live with things, Phil. Yeah. You learn to it's live with It's a non-traditional things. spelling. If I get upset yeah. every time someone spelled my name with an E, I like, would walk around as grumpy as you are. <laughs> yeah. And that's because people spell my name with a PH. Yeah, and it's, that's not right. That's just not right. No, that is. <laughs> it's kind of confusing. Dang, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a non-traditional spelling. Oh, yeah. They do spell it with a PH. I mean... You, they don't spell they, it with an they F. They don't spell it with an F. I'm sorry. That's what I mean. Which would be the traditional. Right. Yeah. I think we're on the same page here. I think so. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it's time to wrap things up a little bit, Eric. Thank you very much to all of our commenters. Uh, you guys make it this Monday show possible. So Thank you. Very much uh, a sincere uh, thank you to all of you watching on the Broncos' official YouTube page. We are live every Monday. Oh, are you okay? Just getting choked up that this is over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are here live every Monday at Breckenridge Brewery's Farmhouse. Making it a farm home. It's in Littleton here in the Denver metro area. Uh, what are the cross streets? Santa Fe is uh-huh. one. That's a big then one. Then you have Brewery Lane. That's another big one. Brewery Lane. So uh, come join us. Uh, we'll be here uh, after every Broncos game. It's kind of confusing well, we with the Monday. We actually won't be here next Monday. Because the Broncos are playing Monday. Right. So we'll be here Tuesday. Tuesday I think. Maybe. I think. I think. TBD. We'll see what happens. But generally, we're here every Monday from 5.30 to 6.15 p.m. I should mention that uh, just off camera here, joining us, making this show possible, is Ben Swanson. Thank you very much. Round of applause. Uh, thank you, everybody. Yes. Yep. And also uh, Amanda Gerlach. She Amanda makes it who? happen. Amanda Gerlach. Gerlach. She makes the whole thing happen, so uh, we truly would not be able to do it without them. So uh, thank you very much to those two. What, we'll does be that, back. what does that say about the state of the show? It, well, we depend on everybody. Yeah. It's kind of like the Broncos offense. It takes all four of us to make it possible. If one person drops the ball, the whole thing doesn't work. Concerning. Yeah. We rely on everybody. That's what it takes. We'll be back on Thursday. We'll take a look at uh, this matchup coming up with the Chargers, a big one on Monday Night Football. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday like we are every week previewing that one. But until then, for Eric Dahl, I am Phil Milani. You've been listening to... The The Neutral Zone.